once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Three. Hello and welcome to another edition of C-Squared Podcast. This is your host, Curtis, with my co-host, Aaliyah. And once again, we are solo. Uh, we don't have a guest today. Um, we weren't going to actually do this podcast because I'm feeling like crud again. But uh, we decided to do it anyways because I'm feeling a teeny bit better. Uh, so we have an important topic today, as always. Uh, this is going to be about the five biggest wastes of time and money that a band can make, in our opinion. Uh, so we're going to start it off with Aaliyah kind of uh, going over what we're going to cover here, I guess, in general, and then we'll start getting specific. Yeah, so don't worry, guys. We will get back into interviewing people very soon here. It's just uh, we've got these episodes about topics that we wanted to insert here because they're important topics for us to talk about. And Curtis so, is a And Curtis is, oh, you know, sometimes struggling with yes. with. Uh, fatigue and yes yeah. yes so uh, yeah i i put this list together real quick with the help of curtis and please feel free to uh, argue with us about what the biggest waste of time and money are in your opinion but we're going to start off with one that i think is big and that is ironically releasing your album too quickly um, yes is a waste of your time because hear me out it's so important to have a proper release cycle and if you release your album too quickly people won't hear it curtis you want to go into why that might be yes and would you like to uh, i don't think i told you this but we actually just had this happen to us where a band was supposed to work with us and then they had some setbacks and as a result they decided to instead of releasing their album three months from now or four months from now they decided that they were going to release the album right away. We're not working with them, obviously. No. no. So this actually just happened uh, about a week, week and a half ago. So um, there was no, they've been kind of teasing that they were doing a new album for like the last, I don't know, a couple of years or whatever, but they kept having all these setbacks. Um, I don't want to go into why they decided to drop it. There was, there was some issues that were, somewhat valid in their mind, at least for releasing right away versus hiring a PR company. Um, but here's the, here's the, here's the deal. Unless your name is Metallica, um, this isn't going to go over very well for you. And even then it's probably still not going to go over well, very well for you. I think it was Avenged Sevenfold, if I'm not mistaken, who did a surprise drop back in 2016 or 2017. And they had the worst performing chart chart their worst performing charting that they'd ever had i think it was avenge sevenfold don't, don't quote me on that it was some, some big band like that um where am i going with this that is but, surprising and that just shows you you know that it can affect even huge bands like avenge sevenfold or whoever it was I think it was, it was a big band and it happened it affected their charting numbers yeah. dramatically so but uh, you may not be people People who listen to our podcast may not be people who are going to chart at all, but it'll still affect you. Well, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing that you got to be aware of. So um, am, are you OK if I go into this a little bit more detail? Okay, good. Just make sure. Thanks. 
So, okay, so there's a couple factors here. So if you don't do a proper campaign, you don't do a proper lead up and all the rest of that, number one, no one's going to review your album because the problem is, is reviewers will not touch it if it's already out. Uh, and you need to have the album in reviewers' hands a good couple months beforehand, so you've got a chance of getting reviewed. So you won't get print reviews, so you're automatically out with Decibel, Powerplay, Metal Hammer, all the rest of them, if you don't get them the album a couple months in advance at least. Uh, so there's some coverage automatically taken away. Uh, in addition to that, um, you also will not have the opportunity to stream uh, tracks anywhere. There's my cat in the background if anybody wants to see him. Uh, you won't have a you won't have an opportunity to stream any tracks because again, sites will want a new song. You'll just, your promotion is fucked is basically the main thing. Um, yeah. 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 And that's something? important because, you know, you want every, you want every outlet that you can have talking about your music because you never know where someone is going to discover your band. Ooh, and here's another part of this here too. I don't know if you intended for this to be part of the conversation, but I'm going to add it anyways as uh, for releasing before it's ready. Um, I've had it where bands, well, I've seen it, not I've personally had it. I've seen it where bands will release uh, tracks that are not well mastered or mixed to rush it out there as well. We actually had this happen actually last year. There was a band that wanted to hire us and, um, they they sent us the tracks and everything, but the problem was is that the mix just it wasn't very good. Like the band was good, but the mixes were off. They sounded muddy. They didn't sound very good at all. And we said that to them. And nine times out of ten, if you tell a band that their their tracks aren't ready, they're going to say "fuck you." We're putting it out anyways, stupidly. These guys actually listened to us, though. Believe it or not, yeah, they went nice back and they actually improved the mixes. So. That's another thing to keep in mind, too. And what they said to us at the time, the reason why they were just going to do it is because they were having a problem getting the guy guy to do it. He was taking too long. They were running out, they were running out of patience, blah, blah, blah. But when we finally explained to him, we just said, well, look, if you half-ass this and you just release it before it's ready, it's not going to do well. You're just going to look, look not very good, right? So that was another part that I wanted to bring up that falls into that category. And it's interesting how that segues into number two, point number mm -hmm. two that I was going to bring up because, yeah, obviously you don't want to go with, as far as getting the production for your music goes, you don't want to necessarily choose somebody that's just a local guy who doesn't understand your genre, doesn't understand mm -hmm. metal. You don't want to do that. But you also don't need to go to the opposite extreme necessarily of getting what I would call celebrity production and going to the same studios that, you know, um, the label bands flesh god apocalypse are going to because they have label budgets you know and you're going to pay a lot of money for that kind of production and you might be able to find somebody who's going to do just as good a job or close to as good a job that's not a celebrity and it's going to be you know it's probably but probably a better use of your money and time to do that in my opinion we actually had this happen to us fairly recently as well. Well, I know of an instance where this happened. Uh, the person decided to not pay for PR for, uh, I think it was four months or something like that, and instead decided to invest. It was like an insane, insane amount of money into a fairly well-known uh, guy uh, who would be producing it and would be mixing and mastering, if I'm not mistaken. It was a lot of money. And I'm sure the guy did a fantastic job on the uh, on on uh, her stuff. 
Uh, but the thing is, is spending all that money and then having no PR and having no advertising to back it up, nothing's going to fucking happen, period. So Right. Because, she, you know, if you're an unknown artist or an indie artist yep. or a lesser known artist, you yep. really need that promotion. Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing that this person thought. They thought that if they had this name behind them, that would be all they really needed in order to get people to pay attention. But the problem is, is if you got the name, but no one knows the name is there, nothing's going to happen. But, 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 but. Now, I have a good example of this, though, and it's not with it's not with uh, production or anything like that. It's with guest spots. So we have a cl client named uh, Joseph uh, Isaiah. And uh, he, last year, he went and got a bunch of high-profile guest musicians on his album. Uh, he had like Doc Coyle, uh, one of the guys from As I Lay Dying, a uh, few other big names. I can't even remember off the top of my head, but I think it was like five or six or, like really big names that he had. I don't know how much he paid or if he paid anything for it. I think he told me. I don't, I don't remember, but. The point is, Joseph got the big names, but then he got PR to back it up in order to help him do that. He knew that if he didn't have the PR and if he didn't, he also ran ads on YouTube. He knew that it wouldn't work if he didn't have all, all of that there. And as a result, we got, got him a pretty good campaign from doing that. So there's my two cents. That's a, nice, that's a good point. And that's a little bit different as well, because if you yeah. think about like, the people that mix and master albums, yep. the average fan of bands doesn't know mm -hmm. the names of people who mix and master, nope. you know, albums. They're gonna, but if they know that their favorite singer is singing on your track, they're gonna check it out because they yep. want to hear their favorite singer. Yep. So it's a little bit of a different dynamic. 100%. Might be a better use of your time if you want to have some sort of celebrity involved yep. maybe a guest vocalist or guest musician of some sort yep and we have episodes talking about how to do that correctly mm -hmm. um so feel free to go back and listen to those maybe we'll talk about it in the future as well we could oh one last thing i want to bring up on that uh just a point that you made Aaliyah, which is that um if you don't think that Aaliyah's right that most music fans do not know who the big mixing mastering guys are or the producers are ask Joe Average and they will not be able to tell you half these people are like the only people that know who Sanford Parker is, for example, who's very well known in the, known in the metal world. I don't know why I mentioned Sanford Parker. He just all of a sudden popped up. Uh, are other people that work in the music industry? Joe Average fan is not. Other musicians know might yeah. know. And journalists. Average fans. Yeah. Not so much. And sorry, Sanford, if you're listening to this, you are fantastic at what you do. I was not intending that as an insult. Anyways, back to you. Well, let's go ahead and move on to another waste of time, potentially a waste of money, um, paying for ads. And this can be helpful in it certain can. scenarios. It can. Um, but I'm thinking like uh, an average Joe indie band, not average Joe, but an indie band paying for print ads in Decibel Magazine, for example. And it's a it's a hefty investment, it and is. you don't know. You have to really be careful, right? Like, so you need to know that the people who read the magazine are in your niche, and it's just very it, it's a pricey investment. You know, labels do it, but individual bands usually don't. So I would be curious to hear your thoughts on that, Curtis. It depends. Um... We, on a former podcast that I used to be on, there was a guest 
uh, we had a guest on Scotty from Tank Crimes, and uh, he advertised. I think he still does. Don't quote me on this because I haven't actually looked at a print copy of Decibel in a while. Uh, but he was talking about how he does like to invest in ads in Decibel. But he made a very good point, and this is one that all advertising people will tell you. Uh, you have to do it more than once and you have to do it for a long period of time for it to be worth it. So, well, and also he has a label, right? He does yeah. have a label, but it's a label, I mean, not just yeah. one artist. That's true. But I, I agree with what he said. Like the thing with advertising is that it is true that you have to do a whole bunch of it in order for it to bite. Um, if you got the funds to put out, for example, like a few thousand dollars at decibel, just know that you're not necessarily going to recoup that. Um, like you might not, but just that's, that's all you got to know. So is it worth it in some cases? Yes. Is it not worth it in some cases? Yes. Is, does everything that you spend that kind of money on come with a hefty price that could possibly not be returned to you? Yes. And could it possibly be spent better elsewhere? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. yes. So I mean, obviously, like social media advertising is something that can be helpful, but it also you have to be careful. It takes a lot of work to target those things correctly. Yes. So if you're not targeting things correctly and not setting it up right, you might just be getting advertised to the bots. Yeah. And so, there's, yeah, there's there's a well-known social media guy in the middle world that targets Mexico, for example, and small third world countries, um, and they get a lot of clicks and stuff like that. But if you look at their the comments and stuff on the ads that they run 99.9% .9 of the people are in Mexico and India and nothing against those two countries, but I can guarantee you uh, those are basically click farms that he's targeting and getting the uh, responses from just so that he can get the cheapest clicks probably. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks good. Um, but here, here's something just to keep in mind with advertising too. Facebook in many instances is going to be a waste of time nowadays. Uh, but at the same time, you have to, you have to kind of figure out, like what Aaliyah was saying, what you're going for. Like if you're doing YouTube ads, for example, you're probably going to want to be going for views. So if you're going for views, um, you know, and you're investing, I don't know, $300, $400 or whatever, and you want to get like 100,000 views or 50,000 views, whatever the heck it is, that's a good investment in your money. And it could get people to buy stuff later, right? So you just kind of got to be aware of what, why you're spending the money and what it's for, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, really good points. I would love to do a whole episode on advertising at some point if we can get um, an expert on here. We have a Corey Westbrook who works with us that we could probably get on who's been doing advertising for a good 15 years, 16 years. Yeah, she might be a good one. To have. Yeah, I just We kind of know her a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe for future. Yep. Um, now, moving on to number four, yep. and I have this titled as Just Break Up Already. And by this, I mean a huge waste of time is staying in a band that is not doing anything and is not going to do anything. Just was there because... a band that brought this up, Aaliyah? Are you willing to say what band it was? No, I don't think I should name drop. I don't I think am. I should name drop. We don't I... do that here. I name drop. Um... Sometimes. Sometimes. But um, here's the thing. I understand that you've built a fan. Sometimes you've built a fan base with that band and it's hard to re relocate those people. Um, but what it does, if you're um, trying to hold on to something that's falling apart or just isn't 
benefiting you, it is a huge waste of your energy and it's a distraction from the things that you could be doing. Yep. There's a lot of bands like this. Uh, one that just popped in my head and I hope I'm not mistaken in thinking that they're still doing this, but to my understanding, a good example, of this is Skeleton Witch, um, who I'm just double checking. I'm not talking out of my ass, but the last time I checked, they hadn't released anything since 2017, I think it was, but they were still listed as active on Metal Archives, if I'm not mistaken. Hopefully I'm not talking out of my ass on that, but like, and I don't know what's going on with that. Someone might just email us now and be telling us, no, oh, they're really doing stuff. Okay, cool. Whatever. I didn't realize that. But I, but I remember back in 2010, 2009, 2011, they were all over the place. You couldn't go anywhere without hearing anything about Skeleton Witch. But then their vocalists got kicked out or quit or whatever back in, I think it was 2016. And I know they got a new vocalist, but you don't really hear much about them anywhere, anymore. And they are listed as active. So unless there's something I don't know, I don't know. They, they just popped in my head. I did name drop. I'm sorry, Leah. That's okay. I I feel like, I think that the last time I checked, my college band is still listed as active on what is the name of your Metal album? Archives. What band? So I don't know how to get them to not, I'll probably, what? I probably have to like report an error or something. to get What, them to what band? I, I don't want to mention it on the podcast. Um, so I mean, Metal Archives isn't always uh, up to date on, especially on like indie bands. I would assume they'd be up to date on Skeleton Witch, though. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. I want to bring something up though. There are instances of bands being inactive for years, though, that suddenly magically come to life. Uh, so I just want to point that out too, though. Right. Well, and like I wasn't. I don't think this is obvious. I don't think that this is like a remedy for all. True. all situations like if you've got a a project that you're just writing for for years and you're not really doing anything and with it other than just writing that's fine but you know I'm thinking more like you're not writing for it you're not practicing you're not planning anything for the future you're not trying to do anything for the future it's just kind of did yeah, and you can't, maybe you can't come to any conclusions amongst band members. You can't unite in a common goal and sort of that sort of situation. And in that case, it's perhaps, perhaps cautiously, I say, better to um, move on from that situation. And sometimes it can be psychologically beneficial to officially end things instead of just having it kind of lingering as a potential. I agree. Sure. One thing I also want to I want to comment on is that um, one thing I I don't like is where sometimes where the band will split up and one band member will keep the name but everybody else leaves. Just as an aside. I I feel like that kind of depends on if it's like the main songwriter. It can work. True. Um, Megadeth. 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 Yeah. 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 True. Megadeth. True. Um, True. Because. Um, it may not change their sound that much True. to change a bunch of members if there's already only one person doing the majority of the songwriting. I got handled as soon as I re- thought of Megadeth. I'm fine on it now. I, I, I see it. But I mean, and, and the other thing to consider about that is bands evolve over time, right? True. So whether it's with the old members or new members, sometimes sound can change. And I don't think people... I mean, some people might argue it, but I don't think it's a correct argument to say that Nightwish should change their band name because they're no longer playing the type of music that they did 
True. When they wrote once. This is know? true. True. Okay. I'm handled on this. I'm handled. But it could, it's a good thing to think about. Anyway. I, I agree. I agree. So moving on to number five, our surprise. Oh, it's a surprise. Do you want me to go over the surprise? Yeah, go over it. So uh, this this was this was something we discussed really quickly before the show. So uh, the ultimate biggest waste of money, well, maybe not the ultimate, but what can be the ultimate and biggest waste of money for people or for bands rather is hiring PR, believe it or not. Now, there's two ways that this could be a waste of money. Uh, let me see if Aaliyah knows what I'm going to say. This is a pop quiz. Let's see. I got two reasons why this could be the biggest waste of time and money. Well, one of them is um, you're sacrificing your release on the altar of the wrong PR. Yes. And you won't get the coverage and you might earn yourself a bad reputation if you go with, for example, the dollar store PR. Yep. You got half That's of it. Up. Good. Okay, good. So okay, what's the other half? Aaliyah's got half of it. So I'm going to start with the, with, with the thing that nobody thinks about. Well, most people don't think about paying too much for PR. So sometimes people will hire like a uh, a major publicist. Like uh, I don't want to say because people will think I'm I'm speaking evilly of these people when I'm not. But there's no reason that a band that's brand new on their debut needs to hire the same publicist as a band that's been around for. 20, 30 years that has sold platinum or gold and paying the same money. There's no reason whatsoever um, because that publicist might have a few more contacts than uh, lower price publicists, but on average, like here's a good example. So, and I'm trying my best not to name drop Ali. I'm really trying my best because I know, I know some of these people and I like these people and I know they're not, there's no, like they well, do here's, the, here's the other thing. These yeah. people are charging for their time exactly. and their time is worth what they can get for it. Exactly. Right? So there's nothing wrong with them charging a lot of money. Not at all. And I'm not saying that in any way, shape or form. They deserve to be paid what they, what they get paid. But there is, for example, I know as a fact, um, we had a client that worked with someone who reps an extremely major band who's been on stuff like ABC, NBC, CBS, all the major TV channels, ESPN, got this band on all these places. Um, and they charge a lot of money because they've been able to do that. And rightly so. They've also gotten their bands in Rolling Stone. They've gotten them in Spin. They've gotten them in Pitchfork. You name it, they've gotten coverage. They're major coverage. But the thing is, they got major bands that coverage. They didn't get Joe Indie Band. So, for example... This person, I'm not, I'm not going to say who it is. I'll tell Leah after if she wants. For example, paid the top yeah. dollar rate for this PR, deservedly so, on their debut. And they were very, they were less than pleased because they did not get like the CNN. They didn't get the Tonight Show or whatever the fuck it was. I don't even know what it's called anymore. Is it still, I don't even know what it's fucking called anymore. They didn't get any of the I don't major, know. Why yeah, would I know? I don't know. They didn't get any of the talk shows or anything like that. Now, this publicist did not promise them any any of that type of stuff, but they assumed because this publicist worked with these major bands and gotten these major bands these things, they would get that type of stuff. So they were incredibly disappointed when they didn't. Um, 
And this isn't the first time I've heard this story. Now, again, this is not the fault of the publicists in question. I cannot imagine these people ever guaranteeing or even hinting that they would get these people this type of coverage. Uh, but yeah, I mean, basically they were charging probably about five times what I what we what we would charge them. They came to us, they paid, they paid the amount that they should have for their level, and they got extreme, they got the results that they wanted, and they got the results at a fair well not fairer price but at a price that was more suited to their budget and their needs at this time did i say that diplomatically i'm really trying yeah. to okay well, good right and here's the here's like here's a little metric you can use you know think about bands that are on a similar level to you yeah and go with the pr that has bands of a similar level to you similar level of popularity i mean yeah. not similar level of quality necessarily but a similar level of popularity or knownness or uh, Iron Maiden number, as we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, but reversely, and I know sometimes people will still want to do that because there is always the chance that sometimes that publicist can land them in the big spots. Uh, like one of the PRs I'm thinking of took on a fairly unknown band and they got them like everywhere. But this band had a really unique story. So it made sense why they got them there. Um so if you're going to like paying too much for a PR is generally a bad idea. So, you know, don't go and hire the publicist for Metallica. I have no idea who that is because it's just going to cost you lots of money and it's probably not going to be worth it for you at this point in time. But did you want to say anything on that before I go to the second half of the coin there? No. Okay. But on the other side of the coin is you can be paying too little for PR. Well, that's so, the one that I said first. I know, but I want to go into it. That's what that's 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 that, that's all right. Going the the too much was the shocker that nobody that nobody ever thinks about. That's that I was I was trying to be sneaky there. Uh, so too little. So too little is generally. Oh, how do I want to put this? We call it dollar store PR, but here's what happens. So it's not really PR. So ninety nine point nine percent of the time, if you hire someone for fifty bucks or a hundred bucks or something to do your PR, all you're getting is an email blast maybe once or twice. There is a known person that advertises that they do total devastation by emailing the crap out of people. I think they said it was like 13 or 14 blasts. And it's like, really? So this person doesn't write a bio. They don't even tag the MP3s. They don't make sure everything looks good. They just send a blast over and over and, and over and over. just think how you feel when you get a bunch of email in your inbox that you didn't ask for. Yeah, well, it's not the just, same thing. Yeah, but it, I mean, PRs are always going to send a lot of email. Like we send a lot of emails, but the difference is, is that we have a presentation to go along with it. We don't have, it's not just like, you know, one line saying, hi, this is a thrash band from Croatia. Please, please review. And then have a bunch of untagged MP3s that you don't know what they are. And uh, anyways, when you're getting an email blast done that is not PR, can that work sometimes get you some reviews in some small sites? Sure, it can. Is it worth the 50 bucks in those cases? Sure, sometimes. But here's the thing you got to look at. Many journalists hate these dollar store PRs with a passion because they spam them. Uh, most of them do not have a good rep. I cannot think of a single one that has a good rep. If someone can email us and tell me of a single dollar store PR, a legitimate dollar store PR that has a good rep, I will eat my words. But 99.9% .9 of them do not have a good rep. Most of them will get deleted uh, sight unseen. And if your band name is associated with that dollar store PR, it's going to be hard later when you get a decent PR for anybody to take you seriously. It's like 
you know, if Shield of Wings went with, you know, decided to do a mass spamming campaign prior to working with us, I mean, it would have just, we would have had to like do some damage control prior to that even starting, to be honest. So anyways, so. But then we didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. But that's the thing is like, you got to look at the whole picture. It's like, if you are associated with a dollar store PR, it doesn't look good for you for the future either. I actually saw a review, uh, another PR sent me that there was a review in, I think it was PowerPlay magazine. Don't quote me, but it was a print magazine where the whole review was about how unprofessional the PR kit this person got. And it was from a dollar store P PR. So they spent the whole nice. review talking about that. Yeah. Anyways, that's all I've got on that, unless you have further questions for me on that point. I feel like I had one and then I lost it. I'm sorry, I babbled. No, no need to apologize. Um... I have something else, though, if you if, if you're if Go ahead, it's maybe okay. I'll think of my question. Okay, cool. So one last point I want to make. So if you're if you're looking for PR, obviously I want to toot our own horn and say that, you know, go with us. Uh here's a couple of things you want to be aware of. And I've said it before. Oh. I wanted to ask you. Mm -hmm. What makes real PR different from dollar store PR? You mentioned they are just an email blast. And you mentioned that a real PR will like write bios and things like that. But what else do real PRs do differently from dollar store bios? They do a lot of contact, heavy contact, and they keep in touch with people. So, um, and they know who people are as a general rule. So for example, um, you know, they don't, they actually keep in touch with people. Like, here's a good example. Like you can just, they can email a writer and they will get a response most of the time doesn't happen all the time but they're more likely to get a response than the than the blaster person like for example does um i don't want to name drop i'm doing my best not to name drop i'm sorry does the dollar pr store does a dollar store uh pr store person even know who the editor-in-chief of metal hammer is probably not that's rough no. i'm just saying do they know who do they know who the writers are at decibel other than maybe just Albert runs the place? Probably not. Do they have their email? Probably not. If they do have their email, did they get it from a legitimate source? Probably not. Do they answer the email? Probably not. Do they ever do they ever socialize with them on social media? Probably not. There's a lot of contact and then trying to figure out, you know, not necessarily schmoozing, but it is kind of schmoozing that you got to do. It's building relationships. Yeah. 100%. Real relationships with with the community that you're really genuinely a part of. One hundred percent, and we do that without even intending to smooth half the time. Like a good example with us is we frequently have writers on here, a lot. Um, we've even got Kevin and Ian as co-hosts sometimes, right? Um, and that's not a smoothing thing. I'm just saying, like that's just an example of you know, like we'll build up relationships with people, so people want to come out on the podcast. That doesn't necessarily always help us with PR, but I mean, it doesn't hurt that, you know, we've talked to these people. We also try to build them up at the same time, not just ask, 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 ask. So yeah, there, there is a lot of building relationships slash schmoozing. Some people call it, but it's can't be fake at the same time. We can go into a whole podcast on this. I'm probably going to start blabbering. So you got to cut Yeah, let's, let's, uh, yeah, let's get back to, you said there are a few things you want people to remember. 
Uh, oh, few things that I want people to remember. Um, so with PR, just back to the paying too much or too little, there's no proper amount. Just don't go too low. Um, and if something seems cheap, it probably is. And it, you know, it, again, it comes to the dollar store. It's like we said before, the macaroni and cheese, the dollar store always tastes off compared to the regular macaroni and cheese, which is already disgusting. So, wow, I just compared I like myself. macaroni and cheese. Depend. Okay, craft dinner macaroni and cheese, at least yeah, up that's, here. Is that's legit. And Velveeta is legit. Okay. Okay. No comment. Um, we don't have Velveeta up here, so I do not know what. So why are you making that face? You don't even know, man. Craft dinner was what I was making. Don't the face even know. But uh, so there's not really a right amount for PR, but there it's what we always tell people to do is look at bands that are similar in style to you, see who they've worked with, ask them how how it was for them. Uh, some people might tell you they had a horrible experience with a certain PR, but a lot of times that was just because they had improper expectations. Like I've heard people tell me that certain PRs were just absolutely horrible. They had no good results with them. And then you'll find out they had all these major placements and they were expecting like NPR, they were expecting Pitchfork and, you know, it's their debut. And you'll be like, what are you talking about? That was a fucking great campaign. You only paid 500 bucks for it. You're a fucking idiot. Um, so just kind of ask around. And if your expectations are that you're going to get the moon, like on your debut, not going to happen. So um, that was the main things I wanted people to remember. Okay. I think we've covered, uh, as I said, um, those are the five things that we think are the big, biggest wastes of time and money in your uh, marketing sort of world for musicians. But please feel free to let us know if you uh, vehemently disagree with us or you think of anything that you think is a bigger deal and share it in the comments where you see this. And yeah, have the, let's have it. Let's have a discussion. Definitely would yes. love to hear your guys' opinions on that. Yes. Right on. And then until next time, everyone, make like a bull and throw those horns up. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.